Mm. They want a good melody and a good groove. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, my greatest mission in life is like, I am going to give you all of those things. Welcome back to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. Today we're sitting down with Shannon Address, uh, Boulder's own unique and amazing songwriter. Uh, we've known Shannon now for a couple of years, and she played our house concert last uh, September. She is a unique uh, songwriter, performer, uh, great wit, great insight, uh, and a lot of fun to be around. And on top of that, she's a really good person. And we're grateful that we have gotten to know her. So we sat down today and talked a little bit about how she writes songs, why she doesn't quite get Bob Dylan, and uh, what she's planning on doing uh, to alter the landscape of folk music. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Shannon Address. So uh, to turn your question around to me or or from me the one you posed to me i'm going to turn around to you how are you doing in this pandemic um i am doing great um i am like really built to do great i feel like i just i don't know you can throw the apocalypse at me and i i will find the one percent that is like joyful or fun or good about it um, so thank goodness. <laughs> you're, you're not going to just start singing REMs. It's the end of the world and I'm still fine. Is that, <laughs> is that where you're headed? I mean, I will. <laughs> but I mean, I have so much time to be creative now. Yeah. I, I've been writing a ton and practicing a ton and kind of daydreaming and putting it into plan. Like what? what can I do to leverage what's happening right now? And I feel, I don't know, really motivated. And that's impressive. I mean, that really is because I have to say one of the things that, that uh, when I was writing my dissertation, mm-hmm. um, if things were rough in, in my family, for example, if there was, if there was sort of a crisis that took energy away, I could not muster up the, focus to sit down and write on something that to me, I mean, in this case, it wasn't coming from the heart. It was an academic exercise, right? So that maybe that's it. Yeah. But I, I really struggled when, when my world is chaotic, it's hard for me to turn around and be creative. So I, I applaud you for having that ability because I think that a lot of things have gone or just who I am is really messy, right? Like I am always losing my stuff and getting pulled over and like, Oh, I left my car unlocked and a bunch of money got stolen. Like I have many emergencies in my life all the time. And I, my response is like, all right, well, let's move on now (laughs) because that was, they're going to keep happening and I am okay with it. And also I don't even feel like, the time is that chaotic until you're listening to the news and scrolling through Facebook. If you're not on either of those things, it's just a normal day and the weather is beautiful and you 
you live your day and then you go to bed and you know i don't have anyone in my immediate circle that is sick that i'm worried about i think that would change things right so one of the questions i've been asking people is about kind of self care but it sounds like that this is this is sort of your process for life anyway that kind of i mean i'm home more right so i do still have that um how do I structure my day to make the right. most of my day? Because I'm more productive in small amounts of available time than I am with big mm. amounts of available time. Um, so at least I'm still teaching virtual lessons, mm. you know, like guitar, piano, songwriting, stuff like that. And so I have a, a mini work day to mm. work around, but I, I set up like a sticker system for myself. I have one sticker for exercise and one color for like ate a salad <laughs> and one for um, practiced and, you know, I have five different categories and I can look at my calendar and be like, all right, it's pretty solid or Oop, I'm getting off track here. Let's So you give yourself a sticker when you do those things? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's, I mean, however you find ways to kind of encourage yourself to do those things. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's so, yeah. so I, I get the sense by the way, cause one of the other questions I've been asking people is, mm -hmm. um, we've already talked about this a little bit is about how this is affecting your creativity. And I remember you saying to me, we were chatting soon after the kind of shutdown and you, and you said, I am being very productive. So in terms of your writing, um, you're writing more because you have more time to do it? Yes, definitely. And I'm practicing more. So when I, you know, am better at guitar or when I'm spending more time on my monthly song study, both of those things lead to more songs. Yeah. I'm um, going to come back to the monthly song study because I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, about your practice, by the way, which I have not asked anybody this yet. We'll talk about songwriting in a bit, but when you're practicing on guitar, because I've seen tremendous growth in your guitar playing since I've met you. I mean, you're, nice. you're really getting, um, do you have a, um, <laughs> I'm using all these Buddhist terms, mindful practice about, about your actual practicing guitar. Is there, I mean, do you have a real focus as to what you're trying to accomplish? I'm going to say no. Okay. I think, I think, a lot more about practicing than I actually do <laughs> sometimes. Um, but look, I don't think I'm the most effective and efficient um. practicer, but I don't know. I'm always interested in learning tips. Like I get emails and, yeah. you know, ads shown to me all the time of like, how you can be a better practicer. And then yeah. I'll click it and read it for two hours when I could have been practicing. <laughs> right, right. The, the uh, what was it? One of my friends, uh, when he was writing his dissertation, um, read more books on how to write a dissertation than he wrote. I mean, for the longest time, that's all he did was read about how to write a dissertation. That, that I think is a, is a, but the reason I ask is when I was, um, 
And I need to practice too, by the way, I'm just realizing. Um, so now I'm feeling guilty. Thank you, Shanna. You'll need to um, practice. You're welcome. <laughs> but I, I remember reading about when I was growing up, the practice was, you know, you practiced until your, your fingers bled, essentially. I mean, that, that was, you just kept doing it. And I've, I've read so much about that that says that's counterproductive, that you, at some point you become frustrated, you start to actually reinforce some of the bad habits. And so less is more and to a certain degree, especially when you're kind of, you know, focused and it, for all you say that maybe you're not necessarily focused when you're practicing, like I said, I've seen the benefits of what you're doing guitar wise. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen a, a complexity in the way you play that I, I didn't know. And maybe I didn't notice it as well when I first met you. Well, that was, that was actually one of the other questions. And I guess it's about both things about songwriting and about guitar work, because um, like I said, since I met you and I think, I think we met in this at, at Folk Alliance in 2018, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you had emailed about our house series and then we ran into you a couple of times at, at Folk Alliance, including at Danielle Ate the Sandwiches uh, 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 Showcase, which is where I think we met. Um, mm-hmm. Since her. then, I've just seen just a real dedication to the craft for you. On, and like I said, on both sides. I mean, the songwriting um, and the guitar work. And that, that, both of those have been intentional, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. You've been focused on. Now I know you. Did you 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 go to song school most of the time? Is that or have? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's my thing for sure. Has that been a tremendous? Um, I can only imagine. I mean, you keep going back. So. Oh yeah, it's magical. It's like the only songwriter gathering that it feels not competitive hmm. at all. So you're all just there because you love songwriting. Right. So you've been in you've been in other songwriting uh, sessions yeah. where you felt like you were almost pitted against each other to who's going to come up with the best song that kind of thing. Well, I think the culture around song contests just yeah. makes that you know, and I think Folk Alliance and uh, any gathering of professionals always has this an undercurrent of like me 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 mm-hmm. that is so hard to get over yeah that makes sense uh speaking of songwriting contests by the way congratulations for um being uh getting into kerrville right into uh, yeah yeah i know especially after last summer where you were you were on uh just on the outside of both telluride and lions that's that's got to be really affirming to you and i'm 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 so glad for you because uh that's awesome yeah it is awesome and i i'll I got into Songwriter Serenade also, which was a month earlier. So it feels like this, like, boom, boom, back to back. Like, confirmation from the universe of, like, we recognize your hard work and your good job. Having sat through both of the songwriting contests, both at Telluride Bluegrass Festival and Lions last year, one of the things... Lisa and I were both kind of frustrated by was this forced ranking of, you know, here were 10 really good songwriters. And then at the end of the day, you got to put them all in, you know, at least the top five in, in order. Right. And there's a certain real insanity to that. The monthly, what do you call it? The monthly study? What, what, study. Yeah. So that isn't. Writer study. So you take a songwriter mm-hmm. and you essentially immerse yourself in them just listening to their music, really trying to figure out how they're putting together um, their songs, what makes them work. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. And finding patterns. It's really like a little pattern discovery. 
Okay. And, and by patterns, what do you mean? Um, I don't know. When I did a Lannis Morissette last year and I played through Jagged Little Pill all on my guitar, I was like, wow, look, she always goes to um, a major like she does a major chord that's out of the key in the chorus. And I would find that in like four different songs out of the eight I was looking at that day and be like, that's an Alanis move. Interesting. And, and then I would know for the song that I write in the style of whoever I'm studying by the end of the week, like I want to do that move that I saw. And it's always cool because it's not one that I necessarily do. So you've been doing this for how long? Since January of 2019. Have there been any of those monthly studies of a songwriter that at the end of it, you're like, mm, I should have picked somebody different? Yep. <laughs> Definitely. I could not handle Bob Dylan month. Really? Yeah, I know. Everyone loves him, but I was just forcing myself to. And what, what about that was off-putting to you? I think it's just his voice. Uh. I don't, I don't. You know, it's hard to look past a voice that you don't want to listen to to appreciate the writing. Did did you did you stick through it or did you did you bail? No, and it was just a it was a bad time for me to pick him because it was right before my European tour. Right. So, look, maybe if I was picking him during a quarantine month and I had no distractions, right, I could have stuck with it better. And also his body of work is so intimidating, honestly, that um, it feels like a disservice to do the song study and only listen to someone like, you know, an eighth of the Mm. music that someone has made. Mm. Um, So that's another thing. Like I did a Beatles month and that was really challenging for me too. I can imagine. Totally. And actually every month I followed different rules for each person. (laughs) <laughs> I've just shaken my head disapprovingly. I just just wanted you to know that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love that. All right. So uh, so Bob Dylan was a hard one for reasons that you've explained, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, like, so who have you been your favorites of those studies? My favorites have been Auntie Duvacott. And she and she's accessible to me. You know, mm-hmm. she is a Boston area songwriter who I can message and be like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about in this song? Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, right. and get an answer. So that was right. really fun. Uh, Taylor Swift, you know, I'm a super fan of hers. So um, studying her is always fun for me and produced a lot of songs. Studying Sarah Barella's produced a lot of songs for me. Right. So it's funny. Most of them, I end the month with one Okay. Song in the style of them being like there, like this month I'm doing Dar Williams, and I suspect I will say this was very inspired by Dar Williams. Here's the song I wrote. Yeah. And then with Antia and Sarah, I wrote four new songs uh-huh. as a result of them and their music. Interesting. So did you write a Dylan song? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oop. Well, it's it's transitioned because I my old model was to flip, like, uh, switch off between someone I love and then someone who's a legend who I actually don't know anything about gotcha. their material. Gotcha. And I 
have switched my model <laughs> to only be doing people I love. Hmm. Um, and they always produce more songs and still make me grow. Do you, do you know who you're going to do after Dar, Dar Williams? Or Yeah, I do. I'm going to do Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's because of totally because of this documentary. Okay. I will be very curious to hear the song or songs that that produced. So you, I think, are a pretty prolific writer. I remember talking to you, uh, I think it was when we went down to Bertha to the, to the uh, tap room there, saying, I have so many songs thinking about your upcoming album. I don't know how to pick them. Is this something that's come fairly easy for you to, I mean, writing, I'm sure you've gotten better and we'll talk about that craft part, but in terms of actually just writing songs, is that something that's been relatively easy for you to do? I actually think songwriting is always hard, but I'm lucky to be inspired often. Hmm. I don't have a dedicated daily songwriting practice, but I have a Google Doc that's called Song Pieces and Ideas. And there is just so much in that document of little snippets of ideas. And of course, there's always some start some songs that start with musical ideas. Gotcha. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the more you've worked at, the, at guitar, has that helped those musical ideas happen? I mean, since you've been working with alternative tunings and, and just getting so much better at that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering, I mean, did, did you find in kind of playing with that all of a sudden you hear a, a musical hook that you really like? Yeah. Yeah. I think almost maybe 50% of the time when I discover something on the, on guitar that I like, I'll put it to a song hmm. because I have more lyrical ideas than I do musical ideas. So it's like, Ooh, I can put this with something. Right. And I better use that. That's exactly. (laughs) And actually in some ways, and I've felt this as I've gotten better at guitar, that the more freedom I have to express myself with the guitar, the harder it is to write musical parts. Hmm. Like when I knew four chords, great. I will use these four chords. But when you know so many chords, you're like, right. mm, is that the right chord? Is it? Right. Maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. And <laughs> suddenly it, it like stunts you to know so much. Back to this process. So you have a Google Doc where you've got these little snippets, ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, if you don't mind me asking, what's the process of that when you're like, all right, I, don't, I'm, I want to write a song? Rarely happens that way. Okay, um, so how does it happen? But- it's kind of like, actually, my songs are more likely to start with a musical idea that excites me. Okay. Of like, ooh, I like this riff. Okay, what can I do with it? And then, yeah, then maybe I'll pull up the document and just scan through it and see, like, oh, yeah, that idea. Um, when I'm learning a cover... I'll often be like, what a beautiful chord progression. I'm going to steal this and write a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So as long as I have um, some music, I need that first, usually. Gotcha. Okay. To then put the lyric to. Okay. So do you have, uh, um, and I'm guessing this is going to change from song to song, there are going to be some that when you start that process and pull out that idea and go, 
uh, you're there until you get it, or sometimes you get parts of it and then you come back and, and rework it. Is that definitely true? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a rare song that comes out beginning to end okay. um, in one sitting and which I think everyone, you know, when you hear that someone is prolific, that's like the assumption that uh. they just write full songs in one sitting. But uh, like, I still have to sweat through every song yeah. I write. Okay. Let me ask you about a song that you played at our house for the first time. Um, yeah. Shelly. Mm-hmm. Um, which was still a, an incredibly stunning experience. Although I think I sobbed more at Folk Alliance when you played it in that, um, in that showcase, maybe because I, I knew the song uh, and, I, and I had heard it before. Um, could you maybe just say a little bit about how you came to write that song and, and that, that process of that particular one? Because it's such an intense, deep song. Sure. Let's see. So the song for people who haven't heard it, is about a quadriplegic woman named Shelly who I was an overnight caregiver for for many years. And I used to sing her to sleep and play guitar for her. And even like while she was alive, I was like, I need to write a song about mm. her. This is like just watching how she lives and being an intimate part of Mm -hmm. her life um, needs to be captured somehow. Mm -hmm. Like actually the original angle I wanted to take was that she had a deal with God um, to take her home by the time she turned 50. And I thought that was just such a Mm. interesting thing that Mm -hmm. that's what originally was going to be the, the, you know, the jumping off point. Right. And then I I wasn't working for anymore and I heard that she died and I was like, I better write a song. I better write that song. And I, I, I want it to be soon because I was just so moved by it, you know? And so then I'd written the chorus and it was in my song piece, the 90 is Google doc. So I had this idea about her fingers for, um, I'm like, wow, you know, we take our fingers for granted. And the chorus is, you know, like you got one to catch a ride to San Francisco, one to point when you're dancing the disco, one to lift when you get cut off and one reserved for the one you love and one reserved for the tiniest notes to play guitar. Mm. Um, And then my original last line was going to be, like, you can't use your fingers anymore, but you've left fingerprints on my heart. That was the working chorus, but I didn't know what to say for the verses. And, and, And then I don't know if anyone thinks about this when I say those words, but when I, like those lines aren't just for the rhyme. They're all directly related to experiences that she can't have because she can't move the lower half of her body. Right, right, yeah. You know, like traveling for her is so hard. Um, Dancing, she used to dance and now she doesn't. And... um, she doesn't drive anymore. She can only be a passenger. Mm-hmm. And 
like one reserved her. She'd given up on finding love, not to say that that's um, impossible for all quadrilegics. Right, 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 right. Sure. And then, yeah, one to reach the tiniest notes on guitar. It's like, wow, if I became paralyzed, I wouldn't be able to play guitar anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so each of those did not know what to do for the verses. Sorry, this is way more detailed than you wanted. No, no, that's, that's really interesting. That's, I mean, because part of the reason, I mean, what you just said about the fingers is um, the very first time I heard the, that um, chorus, Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then and each time I, I, I've thought exactly of that reality that you're, you're describing. I mean, it, it really is uh, imagery that works so well because it's, it's really connected to, to real life. And it has your uh, patented uh, kind of charm in being able to throw something like uh, flipping off somebody in traffic in the middle of an incredibly serious and just heart-wrenching kind of situation. And that, that's, that's a that's that's a valuable thing i mean that's something you know that that ability to add humor uh to kind of ease the tension just a little bit here you are in this song that's so hard and then there's that line that makes you smile and even laugh a little bit yeah um so i i I love all of that that's that's fantastic thanks yeah i'm really i'm really happy with how it turned out it's rare that something i've wanted to write for so long finally comes to Mm. fruition Mm. like usually the idea dies soon after Mm. the idea if i haven't finished it so it was it was nice (laughs) i'm I'm very happy with that song but yeah that last line of that i changed of like you can't use your fingers anymore but you've left their prints on my heart i was like it's just it's not Mm. quite the strength that i need to land that chorus with like it's true. She has made a huge difference for me, but I find using the word heart is like, takes me out of it often because mm. it sounds so trite. <laughs> and I, which of course, now that I've said that you'll, you'll hear it, me use it in so many of my songs because it rhymes with so many things. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, the last line then evolved to she told me i can't use my fingers anymore but thank you for lending me yours yeah and that yeah. is like yes that's yeah. what that carries all the emotion that i need to convey in those yes. two lines yes yes how, how long did that take you to write from uh from when you heard that she had passed to when you um played it for us maybe a month. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. And I still am not even totally, I am the, the very last chorus, um, of that song. I still debate on whether I should play it or not. Hmm. It ends with, she was ready. She was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know what she had told me, there's no reason you should understand why I knew that. Yeah. You know, but I, I have to say, I love that. Um, I, if I had a vote, I would say, keep it. You do have a vote. Okay. Okay. I'll keep it. Okay. (laughs) That's how much power I have. That's, that's how this works. Good. Well, that is, I mean, another thing I'm really working on as a writer is I am like feedback 
hungry mm. all the time. Like I want to hear, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I will be very excited for that day when I'm just like, no feedback necessary. This is exactly what I want to say. And I don't care mm. how it lands for you. <laughs> I get that. Absolutely. But my artist, um, confidence isn't quite there. Like right now I'm going through the mix evaluation right. process for my album. And I'm like, I don't know. Let me, let me see what you think. What do you think? What do you think? And oh, goodness, Shanna. I think I, you can trust yourself uh, uh, more. And uh, by the way, I, and I want you to play a song here in a minute. Um, um, your choice as to which song, by the way. Um, uh, I w wanted to say one of the things that I, uh, and Lisa and I have talked about this. Uh, one of the things we've been so impressed with with you is your ability to connect to other people uh, in the community that you've built. Um, and that was... I mean, we experienced it with with you personally. You know that we 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 saw you respond to us when we showed up at live shows, when we'd run into you at Lions. You know, we we experienced that. But the best example of that was going to your live uh, recording session in Denver. And Lisa and I, the next day, we were like, "Did you see all those people that were there? And they were all there for Shanna. They were all there, all those musicians up on stage because they wanted to come participate and play in this. Uh, you know that that's that's not nothing. Um, and and I hope you know how valuable that is. That community is amazing, and that that speaks to your generosity and connectedness to to others. Because if you were a diva, you know who was difficult to deal with. Um, that that wouldn't have been the case, you know, and yet everybody was there ready to, to help out and to, you know, so. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying, you know, I, I feel the need for help so much <laughs> that I also feel the responsibility to help and support my peers and yeah. other musicians. Yeah, you do. Well, that's great. Okay. Um, do you want to, um, uh, we'll, we'll edit out the tuning process because yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, otherwise uh, it would be like being at a live show. Right. We don't <laughs> All right. Well, I think it is only appropriate that I play the song for Shelly after talking about it for so long. Okay. Mascara lashes, get every last bit out of the tube. Blow her hair dry, it's so thick it takes forever to do. Fasten her wrist braces, medications on her tongue. Living in a chair makes morning care. Extra long. I'd ask her, Are you ready? Are you ready to go? Are you ready, Shelly? 
through the sand Oh, I've had a lot of jobs but the one that changed me most Was being Shelly's hands really unsure how you're able to play that without sobbing that's a, a really stunning song i mean it's just it's 
thank you for playing it and thank you for i mean for sharing it at our house concert i know i know everybody that was there appreciated that that's really an amazing song thank you yeah i just wish she got to hear it yeah me too me too okay i have a maybe a little uh levity to finish up after that <laughs> thanks yeah you're welcome. Anna. um no, I have a couple of questions I've been asking. Uh, I've only done a couple of podcasts. I may shake these up down the road, but uh, they've been kind of interesting so far. Yeah. So here's just a couple of them. Uh, first one is, uh, who, you've talked a lot about listening to other songwriters. Who is that one songwriter that makes your jaw drop? Auntie Dubacat. Oh, Okay. Is it is it also partially because you know her and you've spent time with her? Is that probably um, the just the coolest experience? I feel like the songwriters that make my jaw drop are the ones that blow my mind before I've even heard the song. If I'm just reading the lyrics and I go, "Holy smokes!" and yeah. that's what um, that was my first discovery of a lot of Antia's music. I was on a plane and I didn't have headphones. So I just read a bunch of her lyrics and it changed me forever. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Second question is um, you listen to a lot of different music. Um, Who, do you listen to outside of Americana that you find uh, inspiring? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. But I bet I could give more answers to this. (laughs) I mean, Taylor and Sarah and Sarah B. Sarah Brellas. Okay. Yeah. I am determined in my, um, even though most of my community lies in the folk world um, to bring, hooks to folk music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's who I listen to that helps me do that. Okay. That's, that's excellent. Okay. The last question is the one that um, I'm really debating whether I should ask it. Um, but um, do you have a guilty pleasure music that you listen to? Hmm. And I'll explain why I'm, I'm questioning that question, but. Yeah, because I'm not never guilty. <laughs> um, I so first of all, I don't listen to any a lot of music. I don't listen to anything outside of my song study, mm. and okay. that is one huge gift that the monthly song study has brought to me, songwriter study, because I now have to listen to music. I spent far more time creating it than I ever did listening to it. Um, Guilty pleasure. I mean, I grew up on like NSYNC, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys. So that would, that's going to be my answer. Although I can't say I've listened to any of those people (laughs) in the last year and a half. (laughs) Okay. My mine, by the way, was uh, Kelly Clarkson. Um, Oh, 
she's the best. Which, to be absolutely fair, I really started listening to. I still don't have much of her stuff, but I started listening to her because Ted Leo does a cover of of one of her biggest hits, and I love Ted Leo's version of Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> What's the song? Um. Oh, it's now. I'll 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 remember it and I'll send it to you. But it's it's a. Uh, it was one of her big hits off of American Idol. Uh, after she oh, okay so one of the young ones she uh, has like a tearjerker called piece by piece that i just think is stunning yeah since you've been gone oh yeah it's yeah song. have you heard ted leo's version of it no it's really well i think um regarding i've been thinking a lot about pop versus folk music lately because um i don't have the same tolerance even though i care greatly about lyrics um i can't listen to folk music for a super long time and i am learning i mean i guess i've known this that most of the world doesn't care about lyrics at all you know they mm. they want a good melody and a good groove mm -hmm. and so yeah my greatest mission in life is like i am gonna give you all of those things like and they compete they they really do compete a lot um like i'm watching i'm studying dar williams right now mm -hmm. and her lyrics are phenomenal yeah. but i have yet to be really stunned by i don't know words that i could learn mm. because like the melody is so all over the place to match so many words. Mm. And I'm like, Dar's the only one that could sing this. And I want to be able to, and it's funny that I'm saying this because I write songs with a ton of words too, but I really do want to write songs that have enough consistency in their melody that other people can sing them. Mm. And often consistency leads into repetition mm -hmm. which leads into you just sang a pop chorus because you mm -hmm. sang the same thing four times in a row and everything every different type of writing has a purpose mm -hmm. and i would love to be able to write for top pop singers and still write really high quality lyrical folk music mm -hmm. and i won't yeah i won't hate on either yeah. um Okay, well, I, I look forward to hearing what you do with uh, with Dar Williams, and then with uh, your next project. And um, that's my that's Lady a, Gaga song is going to come. I know at the end of June. it's going to be fun. it's going to be kick ass, is what it's yeah, going it to be. Is. I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you for sitting down with me. This has been. Um, I hope it's been fun for you. It's been a blast for me. So fun. Um, I fun like to talk talking. To. I like talking about songwriting just as much as I like doing it. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Music of Three Pines, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Shanna. She's just a blast. I hope when this uh, pandemic is over, we can all get out and see a live show and listen to Shanna tell her stories and sing her songs. Um, in the meantime, I've put uh, her tip jar information, her Patreon page, her uh, website. So please go uh, show her some love, send her some tips, buy some merch. And we look forward to hearing her album when it's, uh, when it's released. Um, until then, I hope you're staying safe and healthy and listen to great music. See you next time.
under these three pies.